0: Good afternoon and welcome to Bursa Bubble Live on Cam FM. I'm Michael Quintero and joining me to talk about silly news this week is Tom Ellis. Hello. And Dave Birch. Oh, hoy hi, hi. And uh, I just realised that already we've missed the trick because I, I, we could have played something that wasn't the Bursa Bubble theme tune there and pretended to be something else because it is April Fool's Day.
1: It is indeed. So some interesting stories in the news today.
0: But uh, yeah, although of course it's after midday. Is it,
1: does it, Do people have that? If you do a trick after midday, you're the fool?
2: It's very gauche to uh, pull an April Fool's after midday. It's
1: terribly gauche, yeah. yeah
0: we could fool
2: our American audience.
1: All zero of them.
2: Yeah, all of them. You can fool them all in one day.
0: You can fool some of the people all of the time. And, and all they're Americans. <laughs> uh, we, we have got an American story to start off here, actually, um, which has actually come to us um, through the internet. And this is that uh, in Maryland, the uh, police started wondering what was actually going on uh, when they pulled a, a car with unusual licence plates over, for illegal licence plates.
1: Yeah, there's a video of, from, the, from the front of the patrol car here showing exactly what they saw. And uh, as they pulled this chap over, out, out walked Batman.
0: Uh, who was told to put real number plates on his Lamborghini, which apparently is what Batman drives now, not a Batmobile, a Lamborghini, mm-hmm. which is the first disappointment in this story. Uh, his, okay. his,
2: his number plate was basically the Bat symbol. So, yeah, they they, they pull them over through an equal If they wanted to get a hold of Batman, they could have just shone the light in the sky. That's how you normally get him, right?
1: Yeah, not by chasing <laughs> <Lamborghini>. <laughs> Not by chasing him
2: down and pulling him over. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That would that would, that would uh, make things a lot more awkward if in, in in all the comic books and the films. If any time you wanted Batman, you did not actually have to drive around for a bit in your cop car until you found where Batman was, where, where he was just like having a Sunday drive or something. Do you reckon that Batman ever goes out for a Sunday drive? Just <laughs> literally... Be,
1: yeah, just literally like, countryside drive.
0: Put it through his paces. I mean, he, he, he practice. He must practice sometimes. So uh,
1: you do have know. to practice those those stunts. They're not easy to pull off first time. So he must practice somewhere.
0: In the film they there was did some bits of practice in like this giant underground garage thing. Well, I can't help feel there was a crucial element missing there. Size.
2: So, <laughs> <pardon>? Traffic. Yes, <laughs> traffic. <laughs> but and it
1: was uh, it wasn't the real Batman it turns out actually was it. It was
2: um I'd like to think it was the real Batman.
1: I it wasn't. He admitted to not being the real Batman. Yeah, I'm to disappoint you, Dave. But isn't that it what the was,
0: real isn't that what the real Batman would say if you wanted to keep keep it am uh, not Batman. Can keep keep things uh Oh, I see.
1: It was a ruse. <laughs> it was a ruse. What he told them was uh, he was on his way to cheer up children on the cancer ward of the local hospital. It's a very charitable act, really. And uh, the police took it very nicely. They didn't charge him. They just said, replace the number plate. So I think that's great, and I think we should have more, more sort of superhero impersonations for this, this kind of charitable Was he, was he
2: dressed as the old-style kind of gray suited Batman or the new-style kind of dark-brooding Batman?
1: It looks like the um, the old star one from here, yeah.
2: It's probably right for yes. uh, for cancer patients. How come? Well, the dark brooding Batman isn't the kind of thing you really want in your hospital. You want a
1: cheery grey Batman. <laughs> you want a cheery hello.
2: <laughs> I'm here to fight your cancer. Pow! Rather than the new kind of like I'm brooding in the corner, <laughs> we will all die eventually. Do you have any peer-reviewed papers <laughs> that that works, <laughs> Do you
1: have any peer-reviewed papers that that works?
2: I don't know. Have we tried it? I don't think it's been
1: tried. I think this was this was the interruption of a scientific experiment in progress.
2: It could be a Nobel Prize in this.
0: Um, well, anyway, moving on. I, mean, I, <laughs> think I think we've I think we've managed to reach the limit of Batman humour here.
2: Okay, if you say so.
0: Anyone else? I agree. <laughs> moving on um, to Albert Einstein's brain. <laughs> I felt that it just had to, just felt like it had to be said in a mad scientist sort of way.
1: Yeah, it's entirely appropriate.
0: And this is actually one of these stories. This is not an April Fool because it was actually in the news earlier this week. So unless someone has just got being really lax with their scheduling of stories on, on the. Just a lot of setup. Uh, but this is the, the sections of Albert Einstein's brain are going on display in Britain for the first time ever in an exi- exhibition of notable examples <laughs> of human grey matter.
1: So they've been on display in other countries before, then I presume. This is his first visit to Britain.
2: Yeah, a lot of of his brain was kind of donated to museums and science uh, when he died. It was cut up into lots of pieces and spread around.
1: Who got the relativity
2: piece? Uh, It depends how fast you're going. (laughs)
1: That, that,
0: that doesn't work. <laughs> that, 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 that actually doesn't work as a joke.
1: Doesn't even work as a scientific joke. Do, 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 do
0: you know what? Wait a bit, and then come come in with that line a little bit later. And I'm sure we'll manage to find a setup a <laughs> okay. setup for you at some point during this news story.
1: Some sort of twin paradox.
0: Yeah. But
1: um. So it's it, basically been sliced up. The brain's been sliced mm-hmm. up into thin. My like past Well, it
2: depends how fast you're going. Um, they're quite <laughs> <laughs> they're quite long if you're going fast
1: enough. Oh, due to so the length dilation. Yes. I remember that.
0: <laughs>
1: so um
0: That still wasn't great. <laughs> I'm, I'm, sure can, I'm sure we can find a better yeah. setup line for depending on how it depends on how fast you're going.
1: Okay. Yeah, that does, does, does
2: that just depends on how fast we're going.
1: That's the challenge for the rest of the program. I I, I accept the challenge.
0: But um, apparently, uh, the his pathologist uh, Thomas Harvey, who carried out the postmortem on Einstein, uh, said Einstein's son gave him permission to remove, preserve the brain for research. A claim that was later disputed.
1: Mm, controversial. So, uh, why why was there a post-mortem? Did he die under suspicious circumstances? Not mm, that I know. Yes. About, yeah, you know, just like maybe famous maybe person conspiracy.
0: Famous person died.
1: And did they find anything good in his brain? Was there anything particularly notable about it? It's quite amusing that in this article that they say uh, the brain, to many people's surprise, was not particularly large. Yeah, it's kind of
0: like, there, there's a limit to how large the brain could be. Yeah. And it's Albert Einstein's head, which again... Just like skull. Yeah. yeah. Which again, uh, wasn't particularly large. It was not like one of these aliens that you see in like, Mars attacks.
1: So maybe it was just dense. Maybe it was just a lot of brain compacted into a small area a lot of neurons
2: are you saying that Albert Einstein was dense
1: his brain had the density <laughs> and the rest yeah. of him was less dense as a result
0: I like how you're just like going he's lo- looking incredibly worried that you might have just <laughs> <laughs> insulted <laughs> his eyes. Einstein tonight. yeah
1: <laughs> even though he's long gone I feel like mm-hmm. I can't insult the memory of him or his brain
0: I think, hey, yeah, since there's um, lots of brains here, um, what would happen if zombies got their hands on, the, on this ex- ex- exhibition?
1: Yeah, you'd have to hire special security guards who are trained to deal with zombies because that is a particular threat.
2: It's kind of um, a nouveau cuisine for zombies, given the amount of brain that's actually available. But the quality of it is very good.
1: Oh, yes, it is very, like I said, very it's thin, thin service, yeah. It's like um, It's like prosciutto, very thinly sliced ham made out of brain. Albert Einstein's brain quite a zombie delicacy
0: there's actually some uh, other, other brains which are on display um, in, in, in this display there's um, the 19th century murderer Edward Roloff who I've not I've not actually heard of I think it's just like it's the brain of a murderer to compare it to the All also it's
1: one of the largest ever known ah. so I presume <laughs> that's the brain do you
0: think
3: they got
1: the not, the not the murderer oh no that, w- that would be a controversy mixing up Einstein's brain in the reign of the murderer mm. that would explain it Einstein's brain perhaps was larger much much larger and they've confused it with this murderous Victorian yeah, it's quite interesting
0: quite a Comparison. they've also got things like US suffragette Helen Gardner's brain uh, the brain of Charles Babbage and the brain specimen containing a bullet wound it doesn't actually say who's, whose brain that is it could be anyone's
1: there have been lots of them and in the,
0: the
2: 19th brain?
1: century, no. Oh yeah, there are bullets in the 19th century. Several. Mm. And <laughs> Several. And That's a reci- precise enumeration. <laughs> <laughs> and the brain of an ancient Egyptian, that, which must have been remarkably well preserved. Yeah, I'm impressed with that. two or more thousand years, three thousand years perhaps. That's incredible. It, you would think it would be desiccated by now. It would sort of fall apart at the slightest touch
0: perhaps but. it's like perhaps it's like in the mummy perhaps it's the brain of someone who was cursed
1: and, and the, the brain thing. just lives forever yeah and it can't get into paradise
2: yep if Florian, which of these um, if, if zombies ate them all and gained their powers which one would make, produce the most dangerous zombie the murderer or, the or Einstein or the mummy
1: oh uh, an Einstein an Einstein zombie hybrid that sounds incredibly dangerous
0: Z- zom- zombie <laughs> Einstein <laughs> yes
2: the zombie suffragettes quite dangerous
0: rights for zombies pardon rights for zombies
3: yeah uh, votes it. for zombies
0: mm. so, if you've got any suggestions as to what zombies we could get out of any of the brains that we've described so far or any comments on kind of like, relationships between Batman and the US police you can get in touch with us via email studio at camfm.co.uk or you can use the web form on www.camfm.co.uk if you click on the listen live link and use the form on there and you can also text us by texting CAM plus your message to 80809 and texts will cost you 10p we'll be back after this short musical interlude on air, online and across Cambridge your station, your CAMFM Welcome back to Bursable on CAMFM. That was Glad You Came by The Wanted. We're Bursable and we're here to talk about silly news stories. Now, we're going to move on to a, an animal story. We love our animal stories here. And this one is quite appropriate because on our way down into the studio we did actually bump into, I think, the St John's College Cap?
2: I don't know. Um, St John's never used to have a college cat while I was here, but it, I've seen it here a few times since, so maybe they've got a new cat.
1: It was a very cute cat. Do you particular fancy to you,
2: Dave? Uh, my my mom is that old cat lady who lives at the end of the road.
1: So you've
0: had
2: some mixed. up with cats,
1: yeah. And so what we've got
0: here is a story about a particularly lucky cat from Boston, Massachusetts, uh, who survived a fall from a window nineteen stories up without any broken bones or cuts, just bruising.
1: Mm-hmm. Lucky cat, or is it a skillful cat? This is my lopsided face. You're not surprised because you think that cats in general survive this kind of high fall?
2: Yes. There was um, a study in some scientific papers a while ago um, studying the statistics of cat fall, cat falls out of high-rise buildings. And they found that the mortality rate of cats goes up as you increase the number of stories for cat has fallen until about nine stories or so, at which point it starts to fall again. And the reason for that is that cats achieve terminal velocity at around ten stories depending on the size of the stories um, and at that point um, the cat is falling at the same speed no matter how far they fall and can, it's- can survive terminal velocity falls um, but at lower than nine stories um, the cat has less time to self-write so there's more chance of landing on its head so actually if you're going to drop a cat out of a building nine stories is the worst height to drop it at and twenty stories is much better
0: Noted. <laughs> I'm slightly worried that you're implying that we're going to start dropping cats out of buildings or this is a thing that people might actually want to do
2: in general yes um, you shouldn't actually engage in this research they already have the, the statistics they need to make this conclusion
1: it's already been signed off so they no need to were they, were find it, us at
2: home were they actually
0: just some people it, was just like got one high rise building and just went oh we've got all these cats so we don't know what to do with so we'll go in there and like, first story <laughs> second story meow. first story Oh, that one didn't look so good people going <laughs> all the way
2: up Um, I think it's probably more if your cat falls out of a high-rise building and dies, then you have to tell the vet. And if it doesn't die, then you probably want to take it to the vet, so they get stats on it anyway.
0: Are there, are, there, are, there, are there lots of cats that fall out of high-rise buildings? Is this a common thing? Are there, is, it, is this something that has been missed out of all the movies <laughs> and skyscrapers <laughs> in America, the kind of, like, reins of cats? Do dogs do the same thing? Do you get dogs as well falling out of high-rise Dog buildings?
2: And Batman climbing up the outside of a high-rise building and a cat just falls past them.
1: Dogs <laughs> are very different shapes in general. Cats get <laughs> into a more uniform sort of body shape and dogs are very more, so I think their terminal, terminal velocity varies. So you have to be a little bit more careful You have to make... Precise measurements on your dog before you actually let jump out of a particular height because you might get the wrong height. First, assume
2: a spherical dog. <laughs> dogs don't always land on their feet.
1: <laughs> they don't always? No. Oh. Has um, this been scientifically said? I, I as think well? cats
2: are better at self writing than dogs.
0: Okay. I just love the, the fact that you're using the phrase self writing because th- that phrase just to me has an um, robot I'm just so wars. It, robot <laughs> wars. <laughs> <laughs> and so, just imagining like cat wars now, all these cats getting, getting flipped about. And, and what it.
1: about you threw Matilda out of a nine-story building? Can she self-write? <laughs> that was so my favourite uh, robot in
2: Robot Wars.
0: For a moment there I was thinking Matilda is in <laughs> the <laughs> whole Dahl story. It's like, <laughs> yeah. if a, a trunchbull chucks him out
1: of a 9 <laughs> No, the story was dark. She
0: did, she did levitate that in
2: that film with those, with those mental powers of hers. Did she herself levitate? Uh, there is a scene in which she levitates in the film. Not in the book, but only in the film. I think it might have been artistic license. <laughs> because, like, disobeying the laws of gravity. It's, is- it's the one at the end of the montage. Okay, So she might have just been using montage power
1: <laughs> Yeah, things that can happen in montages that don't generally happen in real life or even in real film so you've got to, be, got to take it with a pinch of salt when you see a montage
0: But um, yes th- th- in, in this new story apparently uh, the this lucky cat, Sugar was taken to vets at the Animal Rescue League who say that when cats fall from such a height they act like a flying squirrel spreading their legs apart like winds Yes so uh, why why is there no what that why didn't catwoman do
2: that? Uh her terminal velocity is higher than that other cat.
1: She had fewer legs.
0: Uh, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> yes, two two rather and four? Humans
2: stand erect, Oh I see. <laughs> Did you for a moment I'm, uh, one of those people, I'm one of those people who thinks of a cat as having two legs and two arms. <laughs> so
0: what you're actually saying is you're one of these people who's wrong.
1: Yes, about this particular um, issue let's not go overboard here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> just just to de- decli- decline define that Dave is just wrong in yep. general
1: so they spread their legs apart like wings, and uh, I guess that they sort of their skin spreads out and makes a sort of parachute kind of effect so they're not only self rising they're self parachuting and they float down gently
2: yeah uh, cats have survived force out of helicopters. Out of a helicopter. Cats have survived out of their helicopters. But then humans have survived out of their helicopters as well. So. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just saying it's a
0: helicopter. It's like the helicopter might be flying very, very slightly <laughs> off, the off the ground. ground. <laughs> no, there's,
2: um, there's like uh, um, air diving suits you can get, which you can spread out like a flying squirrel, and if you drop onto a mountain, like, you can survive.
1: Instead uh, of a parachute? It's, it's like a cheap version of it. It depends a how fast you're going. You can't afford a real parachute. <laughs> <laughs> See, that,
0: that, that, that wasn't so much a joke as just making sense. <laughs> yeah. So.
2: yeah, sorry.
1: Uh,
0: We will. We will find the perfect setup line sometime during this episode Mm. for for, for that as a punchline. Okay. promise you. Keep trying. Keep trying. Keep
2: trying. What's next?
0: Next, um, we've got uh, a bit of a spat in the art world, specifically the modern art world. Uh, Art critic and former curator Julian Spaulding has uh, said that um, some of the work like Damien Hurst's work will become worse. Worthless. 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 There we go. I'm so in shock at this new story, I can't even pronounce worthless anymore.
1: This is great. I'm in shock as well, because I'm in shock that it's taken 20 years for the art world to come round to this realisation. Damien Hirst puts dead animals in preservation fluid and sells them for huge amounts of money, and somebody's just realised that this is not something that deserves any sort of... laudations whatsoever, let alone millions of pounds being spent on his work. So I think this story is great.
2: There's a fantastic quote in this um, story that says, um, the difference between uh, famous artists, I forget, Michelangelo, I think, the difference between Michelangelo and Damien Hirst is that Michelangelo is an artist and Damien Hirst isn't. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not so sure about um, Damien Hirst and art. Um, When I was, like, like 16 and 18, I kind of thought, well, it's preserved animals and formaldehyde. Is this really art? What is art? Oh, woe is me. My, my, my understanding of the universe, it's thrown by this. Um, but, the definition of art is quite difficult anyway. Um, I once got told that art is anything that gives an emotional response. So, Gabriel and Hirst definitely is an artist in that regard because you look at it and think, that's rubbish.
0: (laughs) Um, but, then, but then again, by, 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 by that by that logic, uh, stubbing your toe is a piece of art. <laughs> it's a work of
1: art. <laughs> it is the way I do it.
0: <laughs> Come on, I'm asking to demonstrate for us now. Not for not for the listeners, just for us, and then we will try to describe to our listeners how artistic your toe stubbing is.
1: No, I'm really a prima donna when it comes to <laughs> stubbing my toe, so I can't do it on demand. It takes it takes weeks of preparation, and it takes an audience of twenty thousand to the at a famous venue. And you need a A Famous theatrical venue to do it, so...
0: Have you ever stubbed your toes? then?
1: Oh, many times on, uh, Yeah, on... In some of the most prestigious theatres around the world. I've been, there uh, <laughs> Producing this art. And I got a very big emotional reaction out of it, and the audience certainly did as well, so... Yes, it definitely quantifies as art. Yeah, there you go
2: then. see. Yeah. Um, Scott McLeod said that um, humans basically exist to do two things. Um, where they have two things that they do naturally. One is to try and survive um, and the other is to try and procreate or make more humans. Mm. Um, and Anything that doesn't fall directly into one of these two categories counts as art.
0: I'm, oh. tra- I'm trying to think of just something that was just be really ridiculous and just okay. going to say, that's art? Well, I don't.
2: Mm. Chess? Yes. Uh, football would be the... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, oh, and sport is a form of art this this is a form of art this is a work of art what's the difference between a form and a work
1: this is a particular instance of the art form of radio broadcasting
2: uh-huh. yeah, so a work of art is uh, an individual piece whereas an art form is uh, a medium
0: uh, so, so it is Sally Morgan an art form um,
2: I will pretend I know who that is, yes Good. Morris dancing definitely yeah
0: Oh, sorry, i just noticed something about this story, in that uh, Damien Hurst's company, which looks after, it, like, selling his artwork and stuff, is called science.
2: <laughs> OK. <laughs> <What> <laughs> he's is he's co- lost all my respects. What, what is science?
1: What's the definition of science?
2: Um, science is the art of a trying to... Science is the concept that um, uh, if you do something and you see something happen as a result of it, that you can predict it will happen the same way the next time you do it.
1: Is it a sub-concept like, of art?
2: Uh, We're getting quite metaphysical now. Um, I was just
1: curious. If you don't know off the top of your head... I don't
2: know. You can can email him and tell us about
0: that. If you can't solve this giant philosophical problem off the top of your head, then I don't want to hear
1: about it.
2: Yes. Science is the concept that you can predict what will happen based on the information of what happened before.
1: Well, that clears it up, then.
2: Yeah.
1: So it is probably a subset of art, because it doesn't fall under procreating or survival.
2: Um yes I guess so that's um and that's I'm equivalent just the to the Dimbledon that was on the BBC a little while ago I don't know if we can mention that you can't see it anymore it's not on
1: so it was just for you it was just for me you. yeah you just reminiscing thing. about that uh, it does look like yeah, that's it, some good science there you really enjoyed that science
0: uh, apparently um the, the guy who's doing this it, it should be pointing out the guy who's saying Damon Hurst. Artwork is rubbish. Has written a book about why it's rubbish, Ah. (laughs) and he's trying to to promote his book. Well, apparently, he said he coined the term "con art," which is short for contemporary conceptual art (laughs) and for art that cons people.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's very smart, kind of uh, double double meaning there. I like it. And we should really mention what the book is called. The full title is "Con Art," subtitled why you ought to sell your Damien Hirst while you can?
0: Does anyone else think he's just, like, trying to get everyone to sell their uh, Damien Hirsts cheaply so you can pick them all up? So, <laughs> and, uh, and Part then, of his then,
1: master plan.
2: Yeah, yeah I
0: don't it, know. Become uh, the foremost Damien Hirst collector.
2: I don't I don't think he's got a chance of that. Um, the article says that um, Damien Hirst has these spot paintings, which are just very large canvases called and small bots in small Polka in dots. A, in, a, in a regular grid. They're very boring. But there's a thousand of them, and they sell for over a million each.
0: I, w- I was actually wondering when I looked at this, and it was like, there are over a thousand spot paintings, and I was like, is that, is, is each spot, spot, spot one, one painting? <laughs> and it's like, hey, look <laughs> it at this. it's an entire series of paintings. All
2: on one canvas. That, that's, that's clever,
0: that it? All, all, all on one canvas. It's, it's, it's redefining what a work of art
1: That gives is. me an emotional reaction, for sure. Mm-hmm. And what is this emotion? Puzzlement, really. Is that an emotion? Yeah, it is for me. Okay. It's accompanied by very strong feelings.
2: So you can have strong puzzlement or weak puzzlement?
1: Yeah, it kind of grips me in the soul. It really... It's like a, a strong hand crushing your soul as you fail to, under, fail to understand, grasp what's going on around you. Uh, what, what
0: emotional responses are you getting from this show at the moment?
1: Happiness, Really?
0: Oh, that's really nice. Yeah. Well, can you describe happiness to us in the same way that you just described puzzlement?
1: Uh, it's like doves flying out of out of your body. <laughs> it's like doves being released from you, peaceful doves, pure and white, and just radiating into the world.
0: Radiating doves.
1: Yeah, that just,
0: a, that's a new form of radiation. Dove radiation. Yeah,
1: it's not it's not dangerous radiation. It's sort of like sunshine. Um. Yeah. <laughs> be careful and limit your exposure to these doves <laughs> if, you see, if you see if you see these sort of Dove non-corporeal doves <laughs> emanating from someone's body you, know, you absorb a few of them and enjoy it but you don't overdo it limit your time exposed to doves
0: <laughs> uh-huh. we're, go- we're going to move now to another dispatch from Chris Moten who's been uh, been trapped in America, and we're getting him back soon. Um, we're actually not going to be on air for the next two weeks, but after that, Chris Moten will be back, bursting the bubble, uh, with me here and our guests. Very good. Well, Which is ex- something to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now we've got a, uh, another, another dispatch from him.
3: Take it away, Chris. Hello again, Michael. First up this week, we revisit the ongoing series I like to call... The American socio political norms, as executed through both official and unofficial channels of power, do the funniest things. You might remember a couple of years ago, the Americans were up to their indiscernible necks in the tricky political quagmire of stopping people from dying quite so much. The president had introduced a controversial bill aiming to provide health insurance to people who weren't worth insuring. In car insurance terms, these people were the equivalent of Buffo the Clown, who drives a preposterous comedy vehicle with six steering wheels, each of which controls a different axis of navigation, and whose boot is packed with a 50-50 mixture of colourful clown trousers and dynamite. It's not going to be long before he has a major accident, slash succumbs to exploding face syndrome, brought on by an ill-advised use of the Z-axis, stroke one hot madras too far, and in both cases, it's not going to be as funny as the setup promises. Now it's tempting to look at this situation and say, "Aha, I've solved it. They're pure evil." That's a bit too easy even for me, though. The thing is, the attitude that people don't deserve to be provided health care when they're neither rich nor lucky enough to dodge the reaper stems from a general attitude that if stuff happens to you, it's usually your fault. It's for the same reason that American employees don't usually get redundancy pay, or a notice period, or even a cushioned door against the possibility of a bruised ass as it hits them on the way out. The idea is, if you got fired, it was probably your fault. If you wait tables, you should have been even more sickeningly cheerful than the already intolerable norm. If you were a mechanic and no cars were broken, you should have damn well gone and scattered some thumbtacks on the highway. If you work at Starbucks, you should have demanded not just the customer's name, but a small biography. You should have been able to call out Tall Mocha Latte for the gentleman whose career in telephone maintenance, even he must admit, isn't his true calling, but just an excuse to avoid exposing himself to the terrifying prospect of success as a jazz trombonist. See if that personalises your service. Though you might need bigger coffee cups. The thing is, the idea that you're basically the master of your own destiny and ought to buck your ideas up and get down to the workhouse don't really carry over into healthcare. The system is effectively telling you, well, if you can't be bothered to dig a labyrinthine underground laboratory and cook up the elixir of life from powdered copies of The Economist mixed with the tears of a vole made to understand the concept of its own mortality through a complex series of metaphorical dances, well, that's your lookout. I bring all this up because people at the time liked to deride the health proposals as introducing a culture of entitlement, or occasionally as that horror of horrors, socialism. Though, to be fair, the people who said the latter were mostly dug up by journalists whose main job is to wander through the Deep South, looking for that golden one-in-one-hundred American that has something really silly to say, found in an ignorance, and they know it's ignorance, and they're proud to say it anyway. Nonetheless, enough people believed in the deadly peril of the culture of entitlement that they voted in their masses against the policy. Now then, education. Education. It's another area of policy where you're not really at fault for when and to whom you're born, and it'd be nice to try and educate you as well as the kid that came into millions of life insurance after his dad exploded in a clan car. Of course, the Americans being the society they are, they hold that you ought to have tried harder to be conceived by parents with one or more lexi and a stack of cash to shame Babel. The schools are run by a diverse range of profit-making enterprises that assiduously pick the brightest and most promising of students, whilst the poor, the disadvantaged, and the merely sick learn their alphabet from a trained Alsatian that barks when it hears grammar. The strangest thing is, I just made that stuff up. The stuff about the privatised self-serving schools, that is. Bessie, the amazing, verb-declining dog, is a living miracle. Yes, against all odds, the Americans really won't have any truck with privatisation and the consequent divergence of standards in public schooling. A Washington state senator this week derided his Democratic colleagues for suggesting that they use charter schools, which are arm's-length institutions that get government funding but are largely self-organising. You know, like foundation schools. That that we've got. His reasons for opposing them were weirder still. Remember those silly Southerners rambling about the evils of socialism? Well, this senator derided the plans for arm's-length self-privatization because they threatened the otherwise theoretically egalitarian nature of the system, because they tended to hire non-union teachers, and because they used their independence to skim the best students. An overriding concern for equality and fairness above quality... Defence of professional unions over organisational efficiency? That's actual socialist policy. Marx would be staying very still in his grave. As in, not revolving. Perhaps he'd have revolved backwards with respect to the political field lines. But Whatever. It just strikes me as weird that this doesn't arouse more anger in the same way as the health thing. It's not that the Emperor has no clothes. Rather, he's naked except for a really elaborate hat shaped like a Victorian merry-go-round with actual moving horses and everything. Yet people say the Emperor has a pretty snappy suit, but what's this crazy talk of pixie-sized fairground rides? See, the Emperor sports a snappy baseball cap that says you don't have to be me to work here, but it helps. In conclusion, it looks like what people really don't like is doing things different to how they did it yesterday. The Emperor's wardrobe is locked and bolted, and taking off the carousel hat is error-prone and liable to upset the gnomes. It's safest for everyone if he stays as still as he can while the gnomes are carefully disembarked, slash deported, and the Chancellor of the Exchequer covers his eyes and applies convincing body paint, slash runs the place. 97.2. CamFM.co.uk. On air and online. Your CamFM.
0: Welcome back to CAMFM. That was the Future Heads with Heartbeat Song. We're going to be talking now about some of the April Fool stories that we've seen. Just two, just two, which I think are our favourites. Uh, the first one is a local one, which has been published by the Cambridge Evening News.
1: That's right. Apparently, according to the Cambridge Evening News, to celebrate the Queen's Jubilee this year, they're going to uh, flood Hobson's conduit with wine. Hooray! And they've also got a, an artist's impression of what this will look like, which uh, looks like deep red liquid flowing down the side of uh, Trumpington Street. People uh, cycling down the side, neatly avoiding
2: it.
0: I, I like how in that the wine just doesn't look like it belongs in the picture at all. It's been so...
2: It's, like, it's, it's a bit photoshopped, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it's, 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 it's a poor photoshop.
1: It looks like the kind of thing you would find on the front of a computer game for your PC from about 1995. You might get some sort of alien rendered in a, in a 3D renderer and then you might, you know, you might get this pool of blood flowing behind him and that's what it looks like. It looks like it's been done using 1995 technology imported to the 21st century. This is the
2: Cambridge Evening News.
1: Yeah. So for local <laughs> news, they're probably well ahead. Well ahead of their competitors.
2: But... Um
0: yeah, the, 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 there's lots of wonderful comments here. They, and they've got Taxpayers Alliance spokesman, probably, yeah. uh, Spokesman for Alcoholics Anonymous.
2: How dare they?
0: What is to stop yous flocking to the conduit in order to lap up this river of free booze? It will be mayhem. Just unthinkable,
2: just unthinkable. And
1: I li- really like this story for one particular reason, which is after all of the in depth. Uh, In-depth April Fool's trickery they go into. They put in capital letters at the bottom, <laughs> April Fool, just in case. Oh, that's were... new.
2: When I looked at it this morning, that wasn't there.
1: I think maybe they had too many complaints about it, <laughs> and and they had to uh, they had to take some emergency action to to try and stem the the flood.
2: It's it's a pretty transparent April Fool's. They've got a spokesperson talking about it from the council, whose name is an anagram of April Fool.
0: Ah, so it is, Dr. Pali Floor. Well, the say Alliance spokesman. Yeah, that, that is uh, that, well, not from the council. I hadn't spotted that at all. That's uh, thats actually quite nice. I think I like that more than the article.
1: Yeah. Anagrams can be fun. But, uh,
0: yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of sad that the uh, Alcoholics Anonymous spokesman doesn't actually have a name there. It, that, they must have been able to come up with one of them, surely. It's, it's, there aren't, slightly many,
1: slightly there aren't many anagrams of April Fool.
0: No, no, but I mean I mean just like just start putting other random anagrams in in, in uh, there. Let,
2: let me think for a little while.
0: It's like or even just like these dodgy names where it's like uh, uh like uh I don't know.
2: Uh, Richard Onay. Pardon? Richard Onay. Or Richard Chardonnay. Uh if it's something like that.
1: It's it, hard. It, it would
2: work better in print, which we can use is.
1: It's hard, it's hard with, the, with Alcoholics Anonymous without being insensitive, I think, so... They probably, they were treading a fine line between humour and sensitivity, and I think they got the balance right.
0: I do like the fact that it's marked as an exclusive. <laughs> as, 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 as they're the only ones to find out about this crucial top story. Mm. how do you think they found out?
2: <laughs> I think they made it up.
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I, I particularly like the Google one today, um... I so today, it actually started yesterday, which I can only assume is because it was the 1st of April somewhere zones, by yeah. then.
1: You've got to be fair to all countries equally, all time zones equally.
0: Uh, where they, they announced a Google Maps 8-bit, which is, it comes on a NES cartridge, and you plug your internet into the NES cartridge, and if you have trouble with it, they've got this wonderful little video talking about it, and you can blow into the cartridge to fix bugs. Apparently, which, uh, if any, anyone who had a NES uh, when they were younger which possibly isn't very many of the students who are actually here now um, that that was what you had to do
2: I've still got a NES
0: so have I well obviously have you Tom or are you the odd one out on this show I'm the odd
2: one out I'm feeling <laughs> uh, you, 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 you missed the importance of blowing into the cartridge then well
1: you know from time to time I'd go around my friend's house who would have a NES and then I would learn about the wonders of blowing into the cartridge to, to fix the bugs yeah
0: uh, n- n- Nowadays, so we just had the Wi-Fi cutting out. That must be the modern-day equivalent.
2: If you if you want to play with this, then um, Google Maps actually has uh, an implementation built into it, which you can play with at the moment. It's uh, Quest View. Quest View, um, where you can render the entire world in eight-bit graphics.
1: Yeah, it's great. I was playing with it yesterday, and actually, I have to say, the Cambridge Quest View is disappointing because there's not too much. There's not it. Much, there. much features. It's, on it's okay
2: when you get down to Street View level, and you get it in eight colors.
1: Oh, if you go to Street View, it's, <laughs> it's <laughs> rendered colours, in yeah. eight colours.
2: I, I looked around the front of my How house in eight colours and the, the, the garage was open so they have obviously sent a new Street View card down since last time I looked.
0: Oh, are, are you not worried that they're, they're seeing into your garage? Cheeking inside. Well, I couldn't
2: tell anything was going on in the eight <laughs> colour <phase>. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: Pixels have invaded your garage. Yeah. Gloppy pixels. Make, does it make the entire world look like Minecraft?
2: Um, a little bit, yeah. Um, it's 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 more um, it's more photorealistic shapes, but less um, less definition. I think.
0: Well, I, I actually found that um, it has been quite hard to, to find some of the April Fool's stuff um, so far so far th- this year. Have you? It's
2: been it's been surpri- there's been a surprising lack of April foolery. Yeah, no, normally it's really obvious, and I, I, I'm
0: kind of sad that, that there's so much subtlety going around. And also the fact that I've been lazy and not had, <laughs> a, not had a chance to look look, look look up every news story that's in every paper. I'm sure we'll be able to find a list. Well, if you, anyone out there has um, got any particular April Fools that that, that, they, that they think was particularly fun or particularly awful, uh, in fact, particularly obvious, like the Cambridge Union News one, it'd be brilliant if you could email them in to us. Uh, Studio at camfm.co.uk. And now we're going to move back on to... Uh, some of the uh, more usual news stories now. Oh, no, sorry, we're not actually. That's wrong. We're going to go to a song. Sorry, it's uh, having slight technical April issues here. Falls. April Fools. Hey, but. Oh uh, yeah. gosh. <laughs> yes. See you in a moment. Your city. Your station. Your Cam FM. Hello. This is the April Fools edition of Burst Live on Cam FM with me, Mark Monteiro, and my guest, Dave Birch. Hello, and Tom Ellis. Hello. Uh, we just ground a uh, another brilliant uh, A4 Falls in that break, uh, which is Virgin Volcanic, which is the idea that uh, Sir Richard Branson ha- is that's launching.
2: That's a good name. That's a
0: good name. Is, is launching a, a service which will let people go down uh, through a volcano, effectively to the centre of the Earth.
1: And back again. And back again. Yeah, that's a crucial bit. <laughs> <we're enough>? No yes. volcano, if you want.
0: Yes. Um, in the first three years of operation, bvs one will target the five most active volcanoes in the world. They're like, not, not, not just any volcano, the ones that are specifically spewing out stuff on a regular basis.
1: Yeah, it's got to be pretty molten down there, because you, your, your volcano machine, travelling machine, needs to get into the lava there, so it needs to be not too viscous.
0: Yeah. But, yeah, I, 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 do, I do like that. And I, I love the reasoning on that, which is like, only 500 people have been to space. Only three people have been to the bottom of the ocean. James Cameron obviously being the most recent one. Last time before that was in the 60s. Which is ridiculous. But um, But no one has ever attempted to journey to the core of an active volcano. Full stop. Until now! <laughs> They, they, they've just got this the sort of like sheer hyperbole of the, the situation down pat there, I think. It's a,
2: it's a, it's a really good um, a scheme for Virgin to be operating because of their company name, of course.
0: What, because no one, no one else has been inside a volcano before? Because you typically sacrifice Virgins
2: in a volcano. Ah! Ah! I wasn't sure typically, where you were going there. You Typically. <laughs> <laughs> <You laughs> <are quite large laughs> in the volcano. Well, that's the first one they get up to at the weekend most times. I, I mean, this weekend here, but...
0: I mean, first, first you take their brains out in case uh, anyone wants to exhibit it, and then you, uh, you er, put them in the volcano. Behold,
2: and then you throw them in the volcano to stop it erupting. That's why they're targeting the most active volcanoes. It's a humanitarian mission to, uh <laughs> to slip down the number of eruptions. Crumbs.
1: Oh, is that, it pacifies the volcano? Yeah. Oh, I see, yes. Good, um. So you've got to pick who you send down there very carefully because you want to pacify the volcano as much as
2: possible. You want to send only virgins,
1: yeah. But and leave them there and come back.
2: Yeah, yeah two, two two way if they're not virgins, one way if they're virgins. I guess Moving on. If you if you don't if you don't bring people back, you can't sell um, like merchandise to them. To them, yeah, like lava lamps
1: and photos of them going down, like you got on a roller coaster.
2: I only have half a lamp.
1: When you go to the the World of
2: Adventures. Yeah, everyone grinning and waving their hands in the air.
1: Yeah. In the volcano! Burning up. Ah! We opened the window to get this snapshot. (laughs) There's some (laughs) nice lava over there. Look, (laughs) some mantle.
2: (laughs) What else could they sell in a shop? Let's think.
1: Are you thinking of puns? Yeah, I what you're
2: thinking of. they sell volcanic rock, stickers rock.
1: Yeah. Uh
0: The uh, rock. I'm, I'm just shaking my head. Um, no, I like I'm that one. Appo- I'm just appalled.
1: I'm just wondering if there are any more puns coming.
2: Working
0: on it. You so can have, you you have, have, have a la- lava wash. If you go, you're thinking what? French. That, that, that's possibly a bit tenuous.
1: Oh, because lava is French for wash, roughly. Roughly, yes. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Okay, I, I, I think we're with we're
0: yeah. the barrel now. We're so, done. moving back to the actual uh, news stories um, from the, from uh, recent days. Uh, Friends Reunited is uh, re- relaunching and uh, allowing people to collect and share their most cherried, cher- cherried <laughs> cherished, <laughs> cherished <laughs> moments. Now, here we go, here's my nice moment with a cherry on top. No, uh, cherished
1: moments. This is
2: interesting because I
1: don't know if anyone remembers Friends
2: Reunited. I remember it, I just don't know what they're doing differently from your description.
1: It was some sort of website from about the year 2000 and it targeted middle-aged people, I think. It
2: was basically like Facebook. but Facebook without- for
1: middle-aged people and they were reuniting old friends who'd been to school together or university, I guess, and saying, come back together, get, come in contact again. And it just struck me that Friends Reunited could, could do this for its own demographic. It could do it for... From, from websites that we've now moved on from that society has progressed to new things so
2: Websites Reunited
1: Websites Reunited Friends Reunited would be the first one to sign up and Geocities would come along and it would say yeah. Hi Friends Reunited I remember when we were big in the internet world
2: Lycos Alta Vista All of these big names Ask Jeeves oh, Jeeves, could, Jeeves could be there yeah. You can wait on them <laughs> What would you like? You could just ask Jeeves uh, th- yeah it's, it's
0: surprising when you think about how many websites that used to be big that yeah AOL I I I, I, actually
2: just got I don't to think anybody ever that. went to AOL <laughs>
0: well, I assume some would, I reckon some you went to AOL there were probably the people who in America because it was America Online that's what AOL stood for
2: I guess maybe that's maybe that's why I never went
1: that was how, <laughs> I, that was how I first got on the internet even though it was called America Online they did let you get on the internet in this country <laughs> oh, we used Net,
0: we used the, Pipex Oh, did you remember, the a- AOL used to send loads of CDs Ds? Yeah, around. they'd give you
1: CDs and they would give you free internet access, I and in those days it was a big them. deal. I, I, I was was used be- them
2: as free coasters.
1: <laughs> I used them as free internet access, and I think <laughs> I got the better end of the deal there. Uh, we, you could you could just sign up, and in those days you had to pay a lot of money for your internet access, <laughs> and you could get it for free on AOL, and then then they wanted to charge you, and you just phoned them up and said, well, I'm going to quit, I don't want to pay, and they'd say, well, p- please stay with us, <laughs> we'll give you another month <laughs> free." And you could just do that indefinitely and get get free internet access. And that was that was something special. Uh,
0: th- there's um, a comment here from uh, Richard Bacon saying, It makes me must nostalgic for the days before social media became increasingly dark. The negative side <laughs> to it, which had been getting worse <laughs> and growing.
1: What's he talking about? He's talking about evil Twitter. Is no, no, there, no, no, it's, no it's is, okay. Is there an evil Twitter?
0: He's get, uh, it, there's a separate website from Twitter, <laughs> eviltwitter.com.
2: There's only uh, only 140
0: characters in the show and all of them are (laughs) Machiavellian. But, uh, no, he's complaining about the amount of trolling and uh, people sending insults over the internet these days.
2: Oh, no, that's just Richard Bacon, though. (laughs) Everyone else gets along fine.
1: Yeah, no one insults (laughs) anyone else apart from Richard Bacon. (laughs) It's just the rest of the internet, the rest of the social media network is just... uh, It's just... just It's just just
3: criticising him.
0: But there's... Uh, he, he's complaining about the dark side of things, and then it goes, there's still something fundamentally quite exciting, blah-de-blah-de-blah, blah, blah, blah. and the shroud of the is finding out the kid who got all straight A's has got a dead-end job. guy This is the guy who's, this the guy who's <laughs> complaining about the dark side of the internet, and he's going, oh, that guy who got better exam results than me, he's got a rubbish job now, ha!
1: You can't resist, though. No one can resist, not even Richard Bacon. The, the, evil, the evil side internet. of Twitter does... does does bring you down you have to be very careful because this kind of thing has its claws everywhere Pardon? evil twitter (laughs) yes uh, yes. if you don't watch out for it it'll get you
2: it'll it'll turn you to the dark side full of twits um, this, is
1: our, this is our second role. Of the day Has
0: anyone
2: ever said that they, um, uh, the people who use Twitter are twits? Must must be all over the place But
0: they, David Cameron notably said something else but we're not going to go into <laughs> that yes.
1: I don't know if they have that word in America though, do they? Twit Yeah, mm-hmm. I think maybe it's just it a British caught thing. on
0: It's a news noise that an owl makes mm. twit Yeah Where's yeah. the owl? <laughs> 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 Moving on to another, another story now uh, this, one's, this one's a, mu- an, an, a nice one. Um, Twelve Corby bus drivers uh, shared a £38 million lottery win on your millions and then didn't turn up to work the next day. <laughs> Possibly, unsurprisingly.
1: Leaving <laughs> leaving Corby with really not enough buses to get yeah, the demand. Yeah, their
0: port manager kind of like waiting the next day and was like, where's <laughs> everyone
2: one gone?
1: And they and were then off in the Bahamas sunning themselves.
2: You wait for one lottery win and then 12 come along and roll up one. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: well I, I I like I like the fact that this story has got quotes from uh, other drivers uh, who are still there. Um saying the assumption one colleagues still obliged to work was that none of them would be seen again at work. And someone said well one of the drivers said, You would, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't you. Wouldn't, you you, would you wouldn't, would you? wouldn't come back in after that. It's a great place to work, but three million pounds <laughs> is a lot of money. Possibly winning the award for understatement of the year.
1: Bit of a toss up work or three million no no you can have both it's not like a choice you don't but forfeit if you, if you work for how goodness knows how many hours a day driving around Corby then you don't have really much that time left to enjoy your winnings
0: oh no, it's just the way you put it it's like work or three million you don't forfeit your lottery winnings like
2: <laughs> going into <laughs> work
0: the next day it's like ah uh, you didn't te- check your ticket you went into
2: work obviously you don't care about it you can have a lot of fun driving a bus. Have you ever do you driven speak a bus? From experience? Uh, it depends how fast you're
1: going. Oh. Hey. I, I, think that, I think that's probably the best <laughs> that we're going to do, <laughs> frankly. That was pretty really good. Sad. We didn't, we didn't, we didn't really respond to that well enough. We should have Thank been sharper, you <laughs> and me, Michael. Should, 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 should we try
2: that again? You can have a lot of fun driving a bus. How, how really? much? Oh, it depends how fast you're going.
1: Hey. hey!
2: And now we can
0: drop that entirely <laughs> and never <laughs> speak of it again. Oh, well it, it's quite sweet looking looking some of the, some of the stories uh one one of them told me that he and his wife would move to a new bungalow oh, oh it was quite sweet and no uh, another one is going to go back to school to improve his maths and learn a new language
1: that's fantastic i like that i'm very yeah. pleased to hear that
0: but uh, uh what there's another one t- t- another person saying today is a normal day it won't phase us it's like it's it, it's you've no- already
2: not gone into work <laughs>
0: Isn't yeah? Isn't this not a normal day? Uh, you, you, you're you're you three 3000000 pounds richer. That's kind of
2: almost a definition. If they
1: very lucky? It won't. It will be a normal day, and they win three million pounds every day from
2: <laughs> here <or laughs> Today on. Today
0: Today's a normal day. I hope to win the lottery every day from now on. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. But uh, just got um, another story just to uh, to wrap up the show with, and this is a story that you'll either love or you'll hate. Uh, because uh, in New Zealand uh, they're facing a Marmite shortage and it's because uh, the factory for the local version which is crucially different from Marmite over here has been shut by a quake in Christchurch
1: personally I love this story because I hate Marmite so I'm very pleased that there's less of it going round
2: I'm, I'm in the same camp Marmite supplies are spread thin
1: and how about you Michael are you a Marmite lover or a Marmite hater?
0: I don't really know. I've never tasted it. I know I didn't like it when I was little, We know what
1: we're doing after the show. <laughs> we're tasting Marmite. But you're tasting Marmite. I, I
0: have to choose, do I? Uh, one side or the other. I can't, I can't yeah, say... you have it. to define uh, yourself. I, I you, you can't be a neutral in the
2: Marmite War.
1: <laughs> What's particularly nice about this story is that the New Zealand government has given its citizens suggestions on how to make the Marmite go further, and they suggest that you spread it on toast. Because so the toast warms the Marmite, and the marmite becomes thinner than it otherwise would be so y- it goes further
2: you could, you could make it go further by eating less of it,
1: it that would definitely go down well with me
0: uh, d- not really a thing of going We're running out of it well don't eat it oh.
2: <laughs> it seems like a solution to me
0: but then yeah. again if they just eat it then they'll run out of it anyway so then they will be forced not to eat it so you're not really changing much it. it's, a,
2: it's, a, it's, a, it's a low maintenance solution <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't need much work to implement
0: and, uh, of course uh, we've been talking about Twitter that apparently they had hashtags uh, Marmite Crisis and Peak Marmite <laughs> talk about this
1: <laughs> Richard <laughs> Bacon was right it is evil how can, <laughs> how can you speak so flippantly about such a serious matter
2: they, look they're not calling it Marmite Gate so we're okay at the moment
1: I wonder how long Gate is going to be around for are we, are we ever going to
2: well, all of the recent news stories uh, uh, all of the big scandals have had Gate on the end of them I've realised so uh, I think it's just become a fad to we Will have Scandalgate at some point. It
0: might be. And a we'll years, yeah. uh, but sadly, that's all we've got time for. Uh, thank you, thank you all for listening. Uh, I've been Michael Ontario. My guests have been uh, Dave Birch and Tom Ellis.
1: Goodbye. Uh, goodbye, I guess.